I am C. Meeks Meeker, and I am the keeper of this Brundlewood Bay campaign. Eddie Rue, let's start with you. Hi, uh, I'm Chris Dierkson, and I'm playing Eddie Rue Dubois. Baby. Hi, I am Baby Garcia, played by Corey Flores. Doris. Uh, hi, I'm Shannon Wade. I'm playing Doris Makoviak. Lane. Uh, I'm Ben Ferber. I play Lane Walter, former Broadway actress. We're ready to theorize. We have so many clues um, at our disposal. Um, Bert Halloran is still squeakily informed you all that you're not allowed to leave. Uh, but he he has said like, you know, he's almost done with his in, his initial interviews and then everybody should be fine. And then we'll just have to do touch ups. But so you're gonna have to find a, a place inside the theater to have your your conversation. We could just go sit in the theater, sit like in the pews or the house. Yeah, like in a little clump away from everyone else. Yeah. Underneath the lights? <laughs> Underneath the lights. I mean, that's fun because if we fail, a light falls on us. You can't die three times, right? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I, I think we have a perfect place to theorize, and it's it's in the space with all the brand new lights. Mm. That baby locked one of the entries to. Only one. There's two entries. <laughs> Okay. Well, I get, okay. Maybe it's not the perfect place. No, I think that's great. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. I understand I like what you it. mean. No, let's do it. I want to be in it. danger. I like danger. Let's go. Danger's great. Let's do All it. All right. So y'all have chosen to crawl through the crawl space um, into the room so that there's only the one exit and it's through the crawl space. Am I correct? Correct. Yep. All right. <laughs> Can, can uh, if, there's a, if there's a spare bottle of wine, can we bring that? Oh, for sure. Into the crawl space. One hundred percent. Perfect. Um, little sip, sip, pass as we do. Exactly. <laughs> yes, you have this. You have this beautiful bottle of wine with you. No, no glasses. Just, just the bottle. Yeah, we've been friends for a while. There's nothing we don't already share. We're good. This is a time before COVID. We don't know any better. It's fine. Nobody knows how viruses spread. Nobody knows what they are. Not in the 90s. Yeah. Um, oh. God, sorry, dark. No books. Anyway. Nobody's ever read a book. Uh, theorize. <laughs> so just to remind us what we are doing here. When the Mavens have, a free o uh, have an open, freewheeling discussion about the solution to a mystery based on the clues they have uncovered and reach a consensus, roll, the, the, uh, roll plus the number of clues incorporated into the theory, or otherwise explain away minus the mystery's complexity. So... Go ahead. Who's on the table? But just a, th a thought. I don't know. Um, I, I was saying this to me between parts. It, the, the clues are so wide ranging that like it feels like it could be sort of a domino thing where like everyone in the room like did one of these things that all changed together to cause this death. And one person is like actually responsible for like pushing the dominoes. <laughs> That's true. And that would be our second our second mystery in a row where everyone was somewhat culpable. <laughs> Six degrees of separation became Which would be quite a theme for us to go into. If all of them Well, you know, blame is really it's a construct. I feel like I, I feel like the dramaturg has gotta be we've gotta be like thinking about the dramaturg to a certain degree. Of course. Mm. Why the dramaturg? So first of all, Killigan didn't get along with anybody. That affects everybody. But that they got into that fight about the lobby display 
there was threatening letter about about the new direction of the theater about the scream hamlet right which killigan clear definitely could have written there's a GeoCities page about how Killigan sucks for somebody in within. So like the dramaturg has a reason to dislike Killigan. It has to be someone under like 40 who made it. Yes, absolutely. And that's it's like, gotta be that's a like Wendy person. or the dramaturg. <laughs> yeah. And the dramaturg would probably be in on the list of pre-show songs. So that makes sense too. Yes. Yeah. Like Numo aware. would too, but Numo definitely cannot operate a computer beyond like the default apps. Yeah. Numo can only handle one one thing at a time, I feel like. And yeah. like it's totally reasonable that they could also have been in on this plan to take it in a new direction. You know, that like so like I just think I, that's like just me like throwing spaghetti against the wall a little bit, but like I think that that's at least an option that we should consider, though. It could be a lot of it, it could be a lot of people, as as Ben put, like, absolutely. It could be all of them, frankly. And who could have sent the letter also? Is it the same person who did the GeoCities page or is it a different person? No, because I feel like online people that are really spiteful do it online because it's safe. Letters, I feel like, are a little bit more traditional. That would be someone older because... Listen, I used to be a terrible online person and I would never do anything that had anything to do with my real life because it was like separate. It was like, yeah, I can be a piece of trash here. So definitely different people. I don't think our boutique asshat would write a letter just because I think he wants to maintain the image of like, I'm still very supportive and everything. And I think somebody else wrote the letter and that kind of became a like, hey, I have an idea here's an easy target that can just take care of all my problems for me, cause a big scene. So I do think it's Xavier that has boutique antiques, right? So I do think he definitely was looking for some type of catalyst moment and definitely obviously is one with all the money for lighting equipment and stuff and like painted a scene very, very well. But I don't think they had it necessarily out for Killian. It was just like he was already a sitting duck. It's amazing to me that there's all that new lighting equipment and Mabel doesn't know about it. Mm. Does Mabel not know? Well, that's the thing, right? Like, and that's what makes me go, so how does Mabel not know about this? Or does Mabel know about this? And how does that play into it? I also want to touch back on the box that I found, because I don't think we have any theories as to how that goes with the fact that they're bloody and they're like old playbills. So just to be clear, void clues don't come into this mystery. Ah, so that's, beans. yeah, yeah. So like absolutely keep it in your in your back pocket for like what the hell is the void that's happening. But uh, right now you're just worried about this mystery without that particular right. piece of evidence. No upside down, just right side up. Cool. Exactly. Heck. Okay. So then back to that. I wonder if it's also like there, there are sort of factions here, right? Like obviously like Jones... Uh, Galois was, you know, fired <laughs> and there are like, there are people who like want to take the theater in a quote unquote new direction. There are people like him and Killigan who are sort of invested in it, staying, uh, the power structure staying as it was. So like that could be related to like that, uh, that struggle mm -hmm. going on in the background. It also makes me wonder about the, the clue that Jones and Helen had a years long affair, like did did Jones think Helen would leave him the theater and then she left it to Mabel instead? And so I then maybe he said like, that, didn't he? Yeah. I don't remember. She, yeah. He said, wait, he said he was going to. 
Yeah, I think no, he said he, he thought, thought he was going to. He thought, oh yeah, yeah. He was like planning on that, and then it right. didn't happen. So then, if so he, I think that's exactly right. If he's taking it out on Mabel, yeah, maybe he wrote the letter. Well, right, and like maybe he or Killigan like hid the equipment, was like throwing away gaff tape and other right. like new things to like try to be like Mabel can't run this theater. Yeah, to make her look yeah. incompetent. Holy shit! What if what if he killed himself? What if they were sabotaging the theater to make it seem like things weren't running well, and then he they went too far? <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to be just like a casualty and not an actual death. Just like, oh no, now you're we're gonna take all your money from like workers' comp, basically. But like, I mean, the theater they ruined, comp. <laughs> they ruined the production so much, and everyone quit that no one knew their marks anymore, including Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs> which That's just goes funny. to show they made the right choice and who should run the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, because that letter could have been planted. Okay, so so now that the leading theory is that Jones and Xavier have been con- and Jones Jones and Kill and Xavier and Killigan had been conspiring <laughs> to destroy this production so that it was so it clearly Mabel is in over her head and order must be restored, which is why they also. OK, so why is Wendy involved? That's one thing like I think there might be a mastermind here is maybe a, a way of thinking about it, like who is manipulating these people to do certain things. Right. Who's being who's sort of like being opportunistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be no. It could no. be Jones. It could be someone. I, I guess what I'm saying is like it could be anybody who's like I know that th- that this person's upset, and so I'm gonna push these buttons. I think that's maybe the thing about it, right? It's like you noticed that that Killigan was upset, right? And or you felt or Xavier, for example. Ooh, let's put pin it on the capitalist. If Xavier knew that Wendy like was trying to fuck with Killigan. By bringing Wendy in, mm. right? But like knowing that Killigan was upset, knowing that all these different things were happening, like, well, let's just do this. Let's just do these things, and then also like has a has knows about the the crawl space, and so puts all the new lights in there or something. I don't know. I, I'm I'm sort of floundering at this point because I'm, I'm looking at you and not the not the clues. Maybe I should look at the clues while I speak words. This is why I got two monitors. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, think you're better than me? Fancy. You think you're better yeah. than me? Yeah. I'm just <laughs> squishing it all in one split screen. I like this idea of Xavier like finding Wendy specifically to fuck with uh, Killigan. I think yeah. that's interesting. I also I also wonder if like Patrice and Demeter are sort of a band of sort of like where the like the capable women who are like the like Patrice is starring in all the plays and Demeter is like doing all the research and they're I don't know if there's something where they are either also trying to turn the theater over to like maybe Jones and Xavier because then they'll have the resources that they want to do the type of theater they want. I don't know if they're involved. Could they be on the same team as Mabel? And Mabel is like the reason that they didn't do the all female Hamlet is because Mm. Jones wouldn't let it happen. It's very Shakespearean, these two factions warring against each other. Thematic. Two households, both alike in dignity. <laughs> <laughs> 
in Brindlewood Bay, where we lay oh our scene. <laughs> well, it seems like he was fired and then like did this to ruin the theater to get back into power, right? Like, oh, yes, I'll have I'll continue like using pulling the strings. And they're like, no, you're no longer pulling the strings after this production, which we've kind of ruined already by fighting during it. Like the display got taken down, like people were already quitting. And so then like this escalated to like get control back to Jones. And Xavier has purchased all of these lighting implements or whatever, but will not allow the theater to use them under this leadership or something. Mm. Right. Like Xavier has given like has got all this all these resources but we'll only do it if a man is in charge. <laughs> and is actively hiding them. Yes. Right. Yes. And or like throwing them away. Yeah. Yeah. Hiding them, throwing away gaff tape. Yeah. Making it clear that like through incompetence alone did this happen. Not through like when they had the resources to like have a better lighting situation. Certainly not that the grid is not does not uh, isn't stable enough to hold the weight of the new <laughs> new lights, which are heavier than the park hands they've been using. They've got source fours. <laughs> but Killigan might be Wendy's dad, and that's a thing that like. Ooh. Hmm. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. It might not make sense. So, <laughs> so what if Killigan? was with the Jones Xavier faction because it was allowing him to continue getting these good roles. But then maybe he found out during the production that he he might be Wendy's dad and that kind of threw him into a loop. And he was like, whoa, I have a daughter. This is making me think about a lot of things. And then, and so then maybe I'm still thinking about the one that we took off that said he didn't get along with anyone. He was like then arguing with everyone like, no, maybe all female Hamlet is great and maybe we should do that. And so then maybe this somebody, maybe Xavier or Jones was like, Killian, you really need to find your light so that they could kill him, get him out of the way and take apart the all female Hamlet idea. Get them all kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. And then was it wasn't it? Didn't we find out at one point that? Killigan. Well, we that's right. We were watching the play and Killigan not only got crushed by the light, but he was like kind of disoriented and coming on stage too. So we've got everything but Patrice wrote a play that Mabel refused to produce. Yep. For the disoriented thing, I was sort of trying to explain that away with like the fact that they it's, everyone was sabotaging the production so much mm-hmm. that like they were actually deeply confused about what was happening. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like it was truly they were like doing a play that no one had actually rehearsed in the end. <laughs> it's just the actor's nightmare. Right. Like we thought he was on drugs, but he was actually just like an old man being like, what's happening? <laughs> I guess I'll stand here because that's what they told me to do. So even without that, that one clue, you still have a plus three on this roll if you want to land on it. Just go for it. And we got to get a 12. No, you just have to uh, have a success. Oh, OK. Which is a eight or more. You're going to quiz me on the rules. Seven to nine. Um, (laughs) Seven to nine. Um, It's the correct solution. Uh, But yes, the previous the previous one, you got a 10 plus, which meant that like there was no complication at all with with uh, with taking the bad guy down. So we'll we'll see what happens here. But do you feel like you've got you feel like you've got your person, your perps? I feel like we're pretty good. I feel like our perp and our perp being 
Xavier and Jones in cahoots. Yeah. yeah. And and who are we deciding was the one who was like, remove these bolts and like unhook the safety? I think I think it was whichever one has dust on their knees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was well, Jones was in the theater. It must mm. Xavier's the money bags. Yeah, I feel like Xavier has a good cover where he's like, oh, I'm just like his whole like, oh, I'm just so excited to be here at the theater, like is maybe his way of yes, covering that up. I think that's who it was. And Ginger was trying to fix it, mm-hmm. but didn't have the resources. And yeah. the only reason we don't have that as a clue is like we know that his dust is different, but everyone has dust on their knees because we've all been giving sloppy top. <laughs> everyone at the whole theater. That was I think that was in the chat. <laughs> wow. That's uh, uh that's something okay. that's something that the audience is being made aware of now. <laughs> Speaking of Eddie Rue being a Nancy Reagan fan. <laughs> hey, she cleared that condition. I cleared that condition. That was a, that was a very dark thing I had to do. Those flowers are pressed into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 be real. The only reason that, that she wants it to be Xavier is because she's just like he's a, he's a Republican and he made me say I was one too. Uh, she feels dirty. Being used. All right, right who, who wants to do it? Today? I rolled a three, so it's not me. Yeah, you don't get to add any modifiers to this. So, like, yeah. this is just a straight up roll plus three. Who wants to do it? I'm really wary of my double one, so I would. That's <laughs> true. You rolled real low. So did I. I. Would say it's either... All right, well, okay, is it me? Chris. It's me. I guess it's me. Eddie All right, Eddie Rue. Eddie Rue. Oh, baby. Eddie Rue. Oh, baby. Come on. Eddie Rue. We'll do them one at a time. So suspenseful. Uh, that is a 10. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it so much. All right. Um, fantastic. So um, as you all are sort of having this conversation inside the um, the crawl space, um, baby, you get the, uh, you hear the unmistakable clang, 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 clang of a trap going off. The very trap that you set has, has gone off and somebody is clearly running out the door. So you all scramble to get there. And Bert Halloran is running with his gun, probably with no safety on because he is 18 and stupid and guns are terrible. Let's all just remember that. And he runs uh, and you're all running to catch the culprit. And who is caught here but Jones and Xavier? Uh, Who wants to bring this culprit down? I want Doris to tackle them is what I want. Doris! I want want Doris to get to like, just sort of like, for I want the shot to, okay, here's the shot. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's the running shot of like the dark shadowy figures in the front. There's Bert who's sort of like, hey! And then there's like us. There's like the there's like Eddie Rue. And then it like widens the frame and you see Lane. And then it widens the frame and you see Baby. And then hauling ass from behind goes Doris. Like, <laughs> like big loping strides. And then we just hear her go. And you see like this tackle. She form tackles two men. <laughs> Uh, into into uh, an alley just sort of like they're running and then we see from the side perpendicular to the run off (laughs) 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 I love that so much yes Doris tackles them and then she just like very calmly like I feel like they're they're on the ground and she's just like sitting on top of them and like takes out her 
probably like little bag backpack thing. There's just like she just like starts pulling rope out yes. of her bag <laughs> and is and just starts to like very calmly like tie their hands behind them, even though that's not her job, but she doesn't care. But she's like, All right, Bert, they're all yours. Um that that's and uh, mm, uh I don't think we're supposed to tie them. I don't think Sherry Sheriff Durawumpa would like that very much. Wait, how do you know it's them? Oh. Oh, Bert, brace yourself. It's going to be quite a ride. <laughs> he still has his gun out and it's like it's it's pointed like kind of in a very like it's like just like it's like that situation where he's like almost going to scratch his head with it. Like it's that kind of situation. <laughs> oh, God, I feel like I feel like Doris is going to go up next to him. And if he'll let her just like she'll just put a hand on the gun and just like really like it's just let's point that point that at the ground. Great. Great. Keep it down there. Uh, do you do you know what a safety is? Never. It, we'll talk about it later. Never mind. Bert it's handcuffs fine. himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Bert, what we what we have gleaned, what we have learned from this from this horrendous day at the theater, um, is that uh, Jones and Xavier were involved in this very deep plot to uh, unseat Mabel, take over the theater um, to push their own theatrical agenda. If you go inside into the wings, you'll find a locked door. And behind that locked door is a room that leads to a crawl space full of expensive lighting equipment, such that may not have failed and crushed poor Killian. But Xavier was withholding that. He wasn't letting Mabel use any of that, um, basically as blackmail to ensure that her theater would fail. Um, And that she, along with some of the other stalwart women actors and artists of our community would not be allowed to do uh really the theater that they want to bring to brindlewood bay which is truly uh just visionary and and i for one am very excited to see an all-female version of hamlet performed on our very stage next year starring lane walter that's uh, we what gotta, i heard we do that's gotta talk to actors equity about that i i <laughs> wasn't really thinking about it in the moment Oh, um, uh, okay. Um, well, uh, I'll call Sheriff and, and like basically Xavier and Jones just like have their face pressed into the cement, but like, but Xavier's like, no, 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 this is true. No, no, this is true. And Jones is like, shh, shh, just be quiet. Just be quiet. And they're like bickering with each other at this point. Um, as, as, uh, Bert goes off to call the necessary authorities and the rest of the theater sort of comes out, um, uh, to, to sort of survey the damage, um, as it were, uh, yeah, baby. I'm just going to take a piece of fruitcake and put it in Xavier's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's coming full circle. Is it good? The fruitcake? Yeah. The fruitcake's the fruitcake's great. Ironclad. <laughs> it's just great. It's great shaking their heads It's great so for fruitcake, right? It's, it's a really silly. it's great for fruitcake, which is to say no. It's but as fruitcake goes, it's good. Awesome. No panettone, but it's good. No, God, no. And I feel like also in that moment, Eddie Rue will be there and she'll be like, Lane, give me a cigarette. Uh, yeah, Lane tosses one over. And Lane, Eddie Rue takes, a, takes a, a drag of it. Actually, just doesn't light it, just puts it in her mouth. And she just sort of like leans down at, at um, Xavier and says, Robert Reich sends his regards. <laughs> 
Xavier will like uh, spit out the the fruitcake and just sort of like with really terrified eyes, Eddie Root looks up at you and just says, you're not ready for what's coming. The midwives of the fragrant void are coming. And that's the last thing that he says. And so is Jones. They both sort of clam up. Lane, you can have your cigarette back. <laughs> uh, no, no, please. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put it in my purse. <laughs> and I think, I think in that moment, I think in that moment, Eddie Rue just sort of like looks up at the stars and just sort of like gets a, like feels, feels the, feels the darkness just sort of like creeping in a little bit in a sense where just like there is just all of a sudden a lot more stars in the sky than Lane was used than uh, than Eddie Rue was used to seeing. I think so. Yes, with a warning that the midwives of the fragrant void are coming. I think so. That's it. That's our mystery. All right. So let's go through our uh, questions. Everybody solved a mystery, so you're going to at least tick off one for that. Hell yeah. I did share a memory of a late family member. And I also secretly undermined the authority of a local official. Not so secretly. Yeah, I, feel like we, I, feel like <laughs> we I don't know. That's true. It, does that count? It doesn't have to count. Uh, I'll let it. Uh, for this one, I, I think that's fine um, because B- Bird is so easy to undermine. Um, uh, so maybe not next time. But yes, <laughs> if Bert comes back, then we might have to figure out different ways to undermine him. But yes. I, do, I don't think Doris doted on anyone this time, but I feel like she's still got it. Yeah. <laughs> she did the just, she did the catwalk, man. She did the catwalk. She tackled two dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I got and then I, that means I'll level up. That's exciting. Ooh. And that means you get to pick an advancement. Neat. I don't think I acted like somebody half my age. I'm just naturally immature. I don't know. I mean, like, try to get that, like, at a certain point, get that point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like, like an older woman crawling through a crawl space, like a spry young, young and I I think so. Yeah. I mean, like crawling around in a crawl space, that is not necessarily something that a 70 year old woman does. Not if they haven't taken their centrum silver that day. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So you're going to advance too. And Ben, you just you get to advance regardless because you got that Maven mystery, right? I do. I don't know if I showed anyone I still got it. I mean, I did like hop a catwalk to a, a you know storage area. I don't know. You got pretty spooked though. Yeah, you got yeah. stage fright while you were doing it. So, so I don't think so. And then yeah. I mean, I didn't undermine the authority of a local official. I did undermine the authority of uh, Actors Equity. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not right. local. I mean, I guess there's probably a there is a regional chapter. Um, I'm going to count that because it's really <laughs> fucking funny. Um, <laughs> um, a question. Do we get one experience uh, in the next track once we've advanced or do we yes. reset totally? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to see what everybody picks. Yeah, I am too. Uh, especially because I think if, if people are picking new Maven moves, I know we have the Dale Cooper, which I'm very excited about. Oh, uh, let's check in with Doris and your Jim Rockford. Um, who did oh, you end yeah. up telling your stuff to? I... Not, I told it to Mabel. I think she was actually the only one in the end. I kind of meant to declare it to the world when I was doing the, the recap, but I forgot. Uh, we can oh. retcon it and say that you did. Okay, that would be great. And at the end of the, <laughs> the monologue, Doris is also like, and I just want you all to know that Helen knew the truth. I love that. Um, I love that so much. Helen knew the truth. 
Yeah. So then you will also, um, you will also mark uh, experience for completing that one. You still have an outstanding one, but you've got that one. Sweet. All right. So some things that are on the table for next time that I'm just going to let us like think about um, as we move forward. Jenna McAllister wants to have a conversation with all of you. She's the DA. (laughs) So that's going to potentially happen. Um, and then we also have uh, a potential coming together on a opening of a bar in town, um, which is which is fun. Um, but then we also have this these midwives of the fragrant void and all of these fun little things that you all are starting to see. I'm curious if any of you are feeling compelled at this moment to talk about, like, for instance, Teddy's missing or uh, any of these. Uh, any of these other mysteries, if we want to set the scene for like having a conversation about some of these things that you all are seeing. I think Teddy missing is the first thing. I mean, we had all sort of said we wanted to go over there. And I imagine I would... a scene of us all like on her porch knocking on her door. Yeah, right. actually. Let's do that. Yeah, excellent. So, um, yeah, you are outside uh, Teddy's door um, and you are knocking, uh, knocking it down, essentially. And there's no answer. Teddy, we solved the mystery. We did another one. I feel like I feel like Eddie Rue knows where Teddy keeps her spare key, like under which false rock she has it, right? But it's like only a back door key. So so I just sort of like lead the group around the back door and say like, and let's you know through the weed patch. Um, and uh, pick up the little rock. It's actually underneath a very a, a small, um, like it's not a garden gnome, but it is a toadstool of the same style. That's sort of like the top comes off and the inside is a little key. And so she takes it off and she lets everybody in and we go in through the back door. Fantastic, yeah. Um, you, you, uh, you lead them all in um, and the house looks pretty much as she left it. Check the fridge. Has she gotten food recently? You know, she always has munchies. That's true. You open the fridge, uh, baby, and the fridge is still fully stocked. In fact, there are wilting vegetables inside of it. When does it, is the gravity bong still warm? (laughs) No, it is cold. There's nothing in the living room. We have to go upstairs. All right, two people go upstairs, two stay downstairs. We'll keep looking around. Doris? Mm-hmm? With me? Always, Eddie Rue. Okay. Uh, as you as you head upstairs, um, the way that the light is sort of hitting um, in, 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 in this room and just sort of the way things are moving, shadows keep seeming to move to both of you. Like, they just seem to be moving constantly in all different directions. And then as soon as you turn your head, it's like they're gone. Um, but they, but it's like things keep moving past you. Um, and then the light completely stops shifting, but those shadows still continue to sort of move back and forth. And then as soon as you try to like focus it back on, uh-uh, it's gone. Are, are you seeing this? Yes. That's, that's not normal. It's becoming normal for me, if I'm being honest with you. Oh. That, thank you for being honest. I... I have been having a weird feeling, but this is the first I've seen. Yeah. So I imagine we're sort of like the first place I would go is to her bedroom. Yeah, it looks uh, the bed is made. Um, Everything looks like it's tidy and in its right, right space. 
Doris wants to go peek in the bathroom and see if her toothbrush is there. Uh, yeah, a single toothbrush sits in a cup next to her dentures. Which are there. No, I'm sorry. I was just trying oh. to do a joke. And then I was like, oh, no, that's too much of a clue. No, no. Uh, next to her dentures cup. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I mean, we could look in the spare room. Yeah. It's just really not like her. I don't know. Um, can can Lane and Baby be investigating something downstairs? For sure. Yeah. What do you want to look at? The last time we saw her, she was properly zooted. So I'm wondering how much she has of her supplies for her tea, for her gravity bombs, and just general. So I feel like we check all of her stash jars in the living room. All of her stash jars are full. I think I'd like to take this opportunity to do an occult move. <gasps> Ooh! Fuck yeah. Okay, well, hold on. Let's take a look at this because... Yeah. Uh, all right. Right? When you engage in an activity related to the supernatural or the occult for the first time, which this would be, imagine what your action would look like as a move. Say what triggers the roll and roll with sensitivity. I think I think that this is about the shadows moving. It's a thing that I have noticed in my cozy times. It's a thing that Doris that we've that a lot of us have noticed in the theater. Mm-hmm. recently and i think it has to do i think what it is is it's just the um the lighting of a match sort of like providing a solitary source of light in a place that will provide that that we could then potentially see i think it's a thing of like maybe like making the either, either it makes either it reveals something i don't know i'm like workshopping it like help help me out here yeah, I feel like maybe when 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 you light it or when the light source turns on, that's the moment where like the shadows stop moving and you can like clock one for a brief moment. Yes. Yes, mm. either we clock a shadow or or the sh- or it or it dispels the shadows in such a way that clarity is revealed that we're able to see what the shadows are obscuring. What's maybe. through the shadows? Yeah, which is not supposed to be there. The yes. shadows are not real natural shadows. Yeah. So how what what are they how are they hiding what we need to find Teddy in this moment, right? Like, but it could be a lot of different things. Like any time that those like sort of shadows, like that, to, to keep it as a move, in, like trying to structure it as a game mechanic. I mean, so it's, like it's revealing thing. something that an entity is actively hiding, right? Yes, that's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Does that make sense to you, Meeks? Yes, I'm typing it up. Revealing something that an entity is actively hiding. Excellent. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad we decided to look for Teddy. Um, So, fantastic. So, Eddie, Rue, and Doris, um, to to do this occult move, I would suggest that we all sort of have to be together. But, Eddie, Rue, you're the one who's sponsoring it. So, this will be the, you will be the one taking the crown of the void in this situation if something goes wrong. And uh, how how are you going to set this ritual up? How have you come to it? How are you all going to have a conversation about this? I think we come back down. I think Doris and I come back downstairs. We just sort of, I just sort of say, uh, Doris and I have been talking and I need to also share with you. I have been experiencing a strange shadowy phenomenon on the, my periphery, but especially now. Join the club, darling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Baby. You know, I can't see. Fair. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's happening, and I hope it doesn't happen to you because that's terrifying, especially. I just, or I'm just, I just want to try something. 
Doris, like, because I feel like it's a moment even now in the dark mm-hmm. where like it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's ha- and I look at Doris and I look at Lane and we all sort of like say like it's happening. And I just take out a small um, matchbook that I've gotten from it's a box, not a book. Uh, from the what was the hotel that we were at that like you know like boat bar the Grand Prometheus the Grand Prometheus that I sort of snagged off of you know out of a out of a bowl and I'd say everybody just be quiet and I just sort of like grab one and just we as we stand in a circle with our backs you know sort of like or not even with our backs just like all in the middle I I light the match all right so you're gonna roll with sensitivity it's a four the two so it's a six total and i have a zero sensitivity yeah uh you light this match and um nothing happens uh and unfortunately this means that this is something that the mavens can never do again wow Uh, after all of that work and on top of that lovely and on top of that, you get this sense, Eddie Rue, that something inside of you has shifted once again. Something um, has changed as, within me. Indeed, something is not the same. Um, and uh, you have marked off the chariot. Uh, it's like you can feel this darkness sort of closing around your heart, as it were. Yeah. Which brings my sensitivity up to one and my reason down to zero. Lovely. Oh, no. Don't look into the shadows. You don't look into them. You got to look away from them. The match continues to sort of like brightly light and then it comes down to all the way to your fingers, Eddie Rue, and it burns you a little bit um, as it's done nothing. I just wanted it to work. Me too. But we can always try again. Try something different. Okay. I think Eddie Rue just sort of sits down on the chair or on one, on one of the couches or whatever and puts her hand on the bong. Lane opens a curtain so that the room is a little brighter. You sort of just sit in the silence of uh, of Teddy's um, absence. Um, and as you have sort of let um, the light come into this room, um, you do hear uh, from the basement something that sounds uh, like a pipe bursting. Mm. Shit. Did she forget to turn the heat on? It, I know it's been cold out, but not that cold. And you can start to see that like water is now seeping into all sort of areas of this house as it starts to the flood basement. from the, the basement. basement. We gotta go. We gotta go. Down in the basement? Yeah, of course we yeah. do. Well, nobody was saying anything, so I'm just gonna say it. Teddy's <laughs> got rain boots by the back door. Let's go grab a few pairs. I'm not trying to ruin What, are we plumbers? What do you want to do? Uh, call a plumber? I, I, so call I a know. plumber. Do something. Then you go call them. I'm going to go in the basement. Yeah, we could probably at least turn the turn turn it off. Let's go, I'm, let's I'm, go look. Any room, any room what is am I, a plumber? <laughs> Come on, Lane. Today you're, you're a plumber. plumber. You, you can, can be anything. <laughs> Use it for research or whatever Lane grabs you a plunger. <laughs> from, like, the bathroom. <laughs> uh, Yes, and you can as you're as you're going down into the basement, you can see that the water level is already rising, um, and it looks like it's been more than one pipe that's burst. It's several of them, and the water is continuing to rise um, in this basement, and things are sort of floating um, around in this basement uh, uh, in in this water. Look for anything electric. Get it out of the water. I'm looking for Teddy. I'm in the water. Lane puts a plunger over one of the bursting pipes. <laughs> 
Doris, can you try to find where the leak's coming from? Absolutely. Uh, Doris, I'm going to look for whatever the water main is, and hopefully we can just turn it off. I'm checking the walls for anything that's plugged in so I can unplug it so that, you know, we don't die. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm plugging everything. Eddie, did you say that you're, like, actually in the water? Are you, I like, went swimming in. I mean, I, would, I don't know. How, how deep is the water? What are we, like? Oh, it's, it's getting up to chest deep now, and it's, it keeps rising. Yeah. Wait, like her chest or my chest? <laughs> to your chest first. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was like, so I my waist. One of these is spraying on Lane as she's, like, I'm trying dying. to stop the water spraying out. So she's drenched. <laughs> I'm just looking for, I'm just looking for Teddy. Like, they're all doing all these other things. Eddie Rue is just looking for Teddy. Fantastic. Uh, right. So we have we have shut off the electricity. We are trying to, like, shut things down. But the water level is rising. Lane with her ineffectual uh, plunger at the, uh, <laughs> at the at one of the breakages. Um, Eddie Rue, as you're sort of, like, looking around, um, something does swim by you. Um, and it looks like it's um, a mask, but it's something that you've never seen before. It is a smooth white featureless mask um with one like comma basically in as where its mouth should be like that kind of a swoop right but it's like a dug through swoop and it's just sort of floating in the water it's made of wood i grab it i i, I hold the mask and i look at it and i say sing for me christine and i look <laughs> And I just look around and I try to, and I say like, okay, uh, I found, I found this. Um, and, and in the direction that it came from, I just want to like grab, like, uh, I'll say, Doris, hand me that, hand me that mag light. And I, and I, and I take it and I turn it on and I go, <gasps> and I like look underneath the water and I just try to see in the direction that the mask came from just anything I can find there. This might be a night move, I guess. Yeah, I think oh. so. Uh, I think it's a night move at this point. I think she's absolutely afraid of uh, drowning. But I think this is, I think this is still a, a sensitivity thing. I think she is looking for, she is looking for a sign right now. She's looking for, she's looking for Teddy to help her. Do you think that she is still affected at all by seeing that light fall on uh, Killigan's head? No. Okay. To be honest with you, I don't. I think that that is, I don't, th I think that um, if she hadn't put on that crown, I might have said yes, but she's in, she's in it right now. You know, she's, and this is like, it's so fresh. Like she's not thinking about anything but the void right now. Does that Fantastic. make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so uh, she could absolutely drown. She could drown. Um, and I think that the other thing that could happen is that in her drowning, she could put everybody else at risk um, because they will do what they can to save her. So um, go ahead and roll with sensitivity and let's see what happens. No. Oh, no. She's going to put, I'm going to put on, it's a four. Okay. Five. So, but I'm going to end are, up putting on a crown. Of course. But part of the fun is I get to torture you first. So, uh, yeah, no, I want you to. I want you to. <laughs> so, I'm uh, in it right now, Meeks. Okay. Like, I'm like, I'm like, problem solving. <laughs> so, she's uh she's like swimming through here with her mag light trying to like see and she does she sees like teddy's face sort of flash in the water as she's like trying to get at it and and it's just like keeps it's like it's like the white rabbit she just keeps following it and following it into this darker and darker abyss until she can no longer until she can no longer breathe and on top of that doris and baby and lane are all trying to scream for eddie rue as the entire basement floods and they and you all perish 
So what happens in this moment is she she remembers when she went on a trip uh, with the colonel and her daughter and they went to Greece and they were swimming in the Mediterranean. And there was a moment when they were all swimming sort of like along the caves there and her daughter sort of like swam under and they were playing a game. And it was a moment when she was worried about losing her for a second, but then she swam through and her daughter had found a little grotto um, that was like perfectly safe. Um, It's the sort of thing that like uh, it was already high tide anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this is only going to be become safer. And they had and ended up becoming their like secret picnic space that they uh, had for the entire um, month that they were staying in Greece uh, while the colonel was on leave. Um, and she remembers this wonderful memory uh, before everything went bad. Fantastic. So as this sort of comes to your mind, you do, um, it's like you're losing oxygen and that's how you rationalize it. And you do see Eddie's face or sorry, uh, Teddy's face, Eddie and Teddy. Um, and, and she tells you, she like cups your face in her hands and she tells you go, Uh, as you sort of float back up to the top and gasp for breath. uh, And you can tell that the water is continuing to rise up and rise up and rise up. We go. She's not here. We go. Uh, Yeah, Lane has floated over, uh, like still holding one hand onto a plunger, like that is like now hooked on one of the like roof pipe, the ceiling pipes, um, and is like pulling between the two with her like tiny body and like wrenches one of the uh the windows near the ceiling of the basement open fantastic you all can sort of get out through there um onto onto the to the grass if you so choose what do you do uh cough up a lot of water (laughs) i'm draining out my shoulder pads uh yeah i think i think eddie is just um holding the mask and she just sort of turns to uh, to the group and says, "I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I am um, Te- Teddy gave this is. I know this is going to help us. So should we call a plumber, or an exorcist, or both? Probably both. Did he have uh, a soaked phone booth? Like floats out of the window and starts <laughs> thumbing through it. Um, Eddie, as you're sitting here with this mask, um, you do recall something that happened uh, years ago in Brindlewood Bay. Math is not my strong suit, so, but I think that you would have only been a kid when this happened um, because this was 1933. So I, I don't think this was, uh, this, you would have been like fully aware of this at the time. Um, but it's something that you heard about maybe when you moved to Brindlewood Bay. Um, and it was a reportedly a sex cult, and maybe that's why you specifically are remembering it, and why this like mask is is reminding you of it. It was a sex cult um, that called themselves the Revelers, and they set up in this in this rundown mansion on the coast of Brunelwood Bay. Uh, the town mostly ignored them until they embarked on a fourteen day sex romp to celebrate uh, Eros in February. Um, leading up, of course, to Valentine's Day. Uh, the townspeople witnessed a number of strange things coming from the mansion over the course of these two weeks. Bizarre lights, chanting, barnyard animal noises, and more, including something with masks that you can't quite remember. Uh, a number of people went to the doctor during this period, claiming they had hallucinations. Some of them said they even glimpsed a monstrous form off the coast. Um, on the 14th evening of this of this uh, celebration, Valentine's Day, a wild chanting followed by terrible screams went up from the compound and then silence. 
Uh, days later, when law enforcement got the courage to explore the mansion, they found an abattoir, uh, the floor, walls, and ceiling soaked in blood and pieces of the revelers strewn all over. And something about this mask in this moment has reminded you all of that. I sort of relay that information to the to the girls. I didn't know Teddy was like that. <laughs> well, you know. Learn something new every day. She might have been. She might be. This is the thing. I think the most thing, this is all, I'm very upset mostly because I'm really worried about our, our friend. Um, mm. I think I just need a minute. You all talk amongst yourselves. A normal sex cult does not end in people getting pulled into the shadows forever. This is not a sex cult style thing. No, but I mean, none of us are really experienced with any cults, to be fair. Yeah, I was never Eyes Wide Shut famous. Did that movie come out yet? (laughs) (laughs) The closest thing you know is Actors' Equity. That's the closest cult you've got. It's true. (laughs) Um, Doris is just kind of not really knowing what to say, not knowing how to process all this, but I think she sees like, something small like scurry through the grass outside Teddy's house and she bends down and it's Mouse the Mouse and Doris is gonna like take Mouse's cage out of her bag and put Mouse in it and then like just not say anything but like give Mouse to Eddie Rue to see if that helps her she just holds calm down yeah I'm gonna try and creep over the wall to see if Chico's okay or if Eddie Water got over to his backyard uh, yeah, you can see that Chico is 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 totally fine and is taking a, a nice healthy shit in um what is his name Frank Spitznagel's backyard, um, but he does look up at you and wags his tail. Huh. Hey, sweet boy. Doris is gonna go over to Lane and say, "I guess I guess we've got bigger fish to fry than all female Hamlet, huh?" Yeah, that's that one's never gonna happen. First of all. Oh, come on. You would have been great in that. Oh, I absolutely would have. However, (laughs) dare I say, I think you will be great in that lane. Talk talk to me in seven months. Is that how long it takes you to prepare? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Doris makes a note in her calendar. Talk to Lane in seven months. Little black book. Um, Lane is, uh, as Doris is saying this, like still thumbing through this wet phone book and finally gets to like the P page, um, the plumber page. And, uh, it's just like, well, okay, we got, oh, this is a lot of options actually. Okay. Well, let's just, I've never had a plumber before. I mean, Bill used to set up all of my stuff. I think we're all kind of the same here. We might need to just pick. The first one that we see. Eddie Rue, Eddie Rue, Eddie Rue looks and has intimate knowledge of many of these plumbers. <laughs> of course, of course. Because she's had her pipes cleaned. Yeah, and, of course. Um, <laughs> I had to. What am I gonna do? I don't know. She's still. She's sad, but she's still Eddie Rue, baby. Of um, and she just points. She just points to one, and says, "Yeah, he'll be here the fastest." Great. Yeah. Lane, Lane, uh, goes and picks up Teddy's, uh, cordless phone and, uh, dials. Yeah. So as you have like gone back into the house, you can see the water is still rising. This house is going to be toast. Um, we could just go across the street to mine if you want. Well, is there anything that we should grab for Teddy? The bong. <laughs> bong. <Yeah. laughs> 
yeah. all four of us in a train holding this <laughs> ten foot bong. As you as you walk over to Baby's house with it, yeah. I'm gonna grab her stash jars too. She'd want those to be safe. For no other reason. Definitely just for memory. You all can add these to your cozy places. I'm gonna grab the tea that she that she used to heighten clairvoyance. I'm gonna just grab that and put it in mine. Doris, I have a question for you. Have you shared with the group these messages that you've been receiving? No. Uh, I almost did at one point in the theater, uh, but then something else dramatic happened and I and she kept it to herself. But yeah. And that's your choice. And we're not at all curious. <laughs> I mean, you can ask why she said certain things, but uh, that's why I asked. I was just curious. Oh, yeah, Doris, what did, what do you mean that Helen knew? <sighs> OK, I didn't want to tell you gals this because I thought it sounded a little a little much. But after everything we've been through today, it actually seems pretty mild. But um, the last couple days when I get up in the morning, I have this it's this message on my answering machine. and I don't know whose voice it is. Can't really tell. You can come over and listen to it if you want. Uh, but they're just telling me to do stuff. And it's just like random. I don't know. Like, so that this morning they told me the voice said, tell, and then it got kind of, <laughs> tell someone that Helen knew the truth. So I just figured I would cover all my bases and tell everyone at the theater that Helen knew the truth. So I guess tomorrow they'll call again and I'll know if I did it right or not. Do they pay you? No. Are you sure this is a telemarketer? Well, it, it sounds like someone really, it sounds like a voice that I know, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Mm. But I suppose it could be a telemarketer who sounds like, you know, Jerry down the street. But yeah, I don't know. That's, 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 so, I, so I'm, I'm sorry to secret keep. I just, you know, things You should change your voicemail to say that you uh, require payment for these services. Ooh, that's brilliant. Lane, I haven't even thought that. about that, but I think that's a great plan. I wish I had that. I wish I had that that newfangled. Have you heard of this? It's called like caller identification or something like that. Like I have not heard of this. I have it. I, I still have a rotary. If I had that, I could probably at least call them back. You know, you hey, could borrow mine. Oh, really? That would yeah. be great, Eddie Roo. Maybe that Absolutely. would. Absolutely. You could borrow mine. Trace sure. the phone That's number, great. if you will. Yeah. Oh, I feel just like Amanda Delacourt. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be this terrifying, to be perfectly honest with you. Deeper. But I like it. If you'd like. I quit the theater because I saw a demon. <laughs> Role playing games. Consider leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice or supporting us and getting access to our patron-only bonus content at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddramaturds. You can find our social media and website links, including our cast bios, at the link tree in our show notes. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Dramaturds. <laughs>